Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, good morning, Cambridge. How are we doing? Good? Awesome. You know, we're also joined by Barry St. Edmunds, Colchester Online, and Prison. So why don't we say hello because they're joining us today? Come on. So, as it was introduced, my name is Rosemary. It's a pleasure to be here. And today we start a new series called Created for Community. Now, there's something you need to know about me. And that's that I'm a huge documentary nerd. Anyone else loves a good documentary? Yes, you're my people. You know, I just really enjoy knowing things, learning about history, what people have done, what they have accomplished. And I really enjoy, particularly, National Geographic. Why? Because it shows me God's creation, but it also shows me his imagination. I think, wow, God thought about that, and then he created it. And you know, there are some pretty interesting things out there in creation. I mean, have you ever seen a giraffe drink water? <laughs> if you haven't, Google it after the service. But I would like to show you other examples. First picture, please, on the slides, there. This is the spine apex. These goats defy gravity. They defy gravity. They can walk 80 degrees walls. They're amazing. Let me show you the next photo. This is the basilic lizard, also known as the Jesus Christ lizard. <laughs> they can run on water. I'm not kidding. This is nature. That's what God has done. And let me show you one more picture. In the next slide, there you go, you will see a redwood tree. Well, there are two of them there. And these trees are in a forest in Northern California. Now, there are many things we can learn about these trees. For example, they can live to be 2,000 years old, and they can grow close to 400 feet in height. This makes them the tallest trees on Earth. The tallest trees. And just to put that number in perspective, I'm gonna show you another photo where you can compare its size to the Big Ben and the Statue of Liberty. They're huge trees. And if you go to this forest now, you will stand next to trees that are centuries old. They have been standing there for hundreds of years. They have been through all the elements, storms, rain, earthquakes, fires, and they're still standing. So what does that tell us about the root? Anyone? They're deep? Well, that makes sense. We need deep roots, right? But actually, they're not deep at all. These roots are quite shallow, so what a redwood tree does, it goes out there like this, trying to connect with the trees and the roots of the other redwood trees, and when they connect, they intertwine, creating this permanent bond with each other. And in a way, we could say that all these trees in the same forest are connected as one. Even the tiny trees with the like, tiny little roots are connected, and they find shelter and protection by the bigger trees. So these trees need to be in community to grow and to be protected. You see, when God does something in creation, he does it with intentionality and purpose. Not only were these trees created for community, but guess what? We were created for community. But here's the problem. There's always a problem. We are the, according to research, the most connected generation there has ever been. 
They say that over two billion people on social media. And I believe some of you on social media right now. I can see you. I know, you're just posting about wholesome churches and you're inviting your friends to come to the next service. I know. You see, we have this global connectivity, but we lack community. We have all these platforms social, in social media, Facebook, Instagram, in, uh, Twitter. I can FaceTime my family who are in Chile and Switzerland in an instant. Yet we have this epidemical loneliness. Did you know that in 2018, the UK established a minister of loneliness? I'm not kidding, like you can search it on the internet. I always imagine someone saying, oh, what do you do for a job? Oh, I'm the minister of loneliness. I don't know if it's awesome or just really, really sad. Uh, but my point is that the government recognized that this is a big problem, especially for our senior adults. They reckon that over 200,000 senior adults spend uh, three weeks without talking to a single human being in person. And according to another study, 50% say they always or sometimes feel alone or left out. Can you just look around you and if in your other locations or wherever you are, 50% of people statistically in this room feel alone. 54% say that nobody really knows who they are. And 40% say they don't have meaningful relationships. And that includes marriages. And to even make this even worse, did you know that loneliness is deadly? It's killing us. According to research, it, um, it increases the risks of sort of illnesses. For example, 50% there's a 50% increase in the risk of dementia, higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. In other words, statistically, again, statistically in our room, 48.5% of us might be feeling lonely. Loneliness is the greatest problem we're facing today. But guess what? There's good news because God did not intend us to be lonely. God didn't intend us to be isolated at all. So what we're gonna do today, we're gonna unpack this assumption, which is a correct assumption, that we were created for community. We're gonna look at it biblically and theologically, and then we're going to think what that means for us today. But before we continue, you know, as I was praying for today and preparing, I just had this real sense that some of you, or some of us, are here today looking for something. And we don't fully understand what that something is yet. But I believe God will reveal something to you today that will bring real change into your life. So I would like to encourage you, let's lean in, let's be expectant because God speaks today. And I think he really wants to speak today. So for a moment, let's just pray. Father God, thank you for being the creator of the whole universe. Thank you for making everything with purpose. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will open our eyes, open our ears, so that we can hear you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, are we ready? Okay. Let's go to Genesis, the first book in the Bible, chapter one, where God basically creates the world in six days. And he does that by speaking a bunch of things into existence. It's basically, he said, and there was. He said there was, he said there was, and so on. And in that process, God looks at what he's creating and he says, it's good. It's good. And then on day six, when he creates people, he says, 
It's very good. It's very good. Now, what does good mean? Theologians say that it's not about moral judgment, but they say it means complete, whole, lacking nothing you need to honor and glorify God with your life. So Adam, the first human, was created very good. He lacked nothing. He was in the garden, he had a great relationship with God. There were animals, he had a job, he was naming things. Yet the Bible tells us that he was lonely. Now last year in a different preach, Pastor Steve defined loneliness as not being needed. And that makes sense because Adam, who was very good, complete, he lacked nothing, he had everything he needed, but he was not needed. So what happens next? Well, God sees the problem, and he says in Genesis 2, it's not good for mankind to be alone. It's not good. So what does he do next? Well, he creates Eve. He creates community. The solitary human being is a contradiction in terms, wrote Desmond Tutu. We are made for complementarity. We are created for a delicate network of relationships, of interdependence with our fellow human beings. We belong in one family, God's family, the human family. You see, we need each other. Now, this made me think of another question. Why, though? If God can just create from his imagination, why didn't he create us so that we can be happy and flourish independently? Serious question. In that case, loneliness wouldn't be a problem anymore, right? You see, to understand this question, we need to look and understand who God is first. So let's go back to Genesis 1, when God creates humanity. And we're going to look at verses 26 and 27, which are on the screen. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Okay, let's stop there. Who is us? Don't we Christians worship the one God? Doesn't the Bible tell us that the Lord our God, the Lord is one? So yes, of course we worship only one God, but our God is Trinitarian. That's like the fancy word, theological word for saying three in one. We've got the Father, got the Son, got the Holy Spirit. Simple math, one plus one plus one equals one. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Trinity is a mystery, isn't it? It's really difficult to comprehend. And Augustine, a fourth century theologian, try to explain this mystery of the Trinity by using the analogy of love. Now, we need to be aware that analogies about the Trinity will never be fully correct because there's nothing out there in creation just like the Trinity. But his analogy is actually really helpful. 1 John 4, 7 says, God is love. Right? Famous verse. It's not loving, but he's love. Now, what do we need for that statement to be true? relationships, because love demands a subject, someone who has, where there's an object to love. Basically, for a husband to love his wife, he needs a wife to love, right? Or for me to love my nephews and my nieces, I need them to exist. Or more simply, for me to love cheese, I need the object of the cheese. You know, that's a Swiss in me. <laughs> but the point is that for God to be love, as Augustine explains, there needs to be a relationship. So we have got the father who loves the son, the son who's the beloved, loves the father back, and the Holy Spirit is that bond that brings them together. It's a bond of love. Are you still with me? Yeah. 
I know we're going a bit deep here. But what I like about this analogy is that it explains why God in himself is a community. God is this perfect community where they're all equal and they're one. It's a mystery, but it's three in one. So with this in mind, we can go back to the text, Genesis 1, and we can read it again. Then God said, let us, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, according to our kind, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. So now we know that this is not just an assumption. We know we were created for community because we were made in the image and likeness of God. We resemble this communal aspect of God. It's in our patterns who we are. We are community. So, so far, just a quick recap. We've said that community is the solution to the problem of loneliness and that we're created for community. It's in our DNA because we've been made in the image and likeness of God. Now, why does this even matter? Genuine question. Why should we care about this? Well, because community brings belonging. It's where we are known, where we are seen, where we are valued. It's where loneliness subsides. But then there are also other benefits. For example, we find protection. It's, and you don't really need me to tell you that life can get hard sometimes, right? But it's in those times when we can be in our loving community, in our church community, and find people who care for us, people who can pray for us, people who have our backs. It's a little bit like the redwood trees. We find shelter in this community. But also communities are a place where we find spiritual growth. You know, I've never ever met a fully devoted disciple in isolation. Never seen it. And yes, you can read your Bible on your own and pray on your own, and we should do those things, but that will bring growth to a certain extent. We need other people. We need people who can challenge us, people who are ahead of us, people who are wiser than us. And I've tried it, it didn't work when I was on my own. We need other people who can walk us into our God-given purpose, people who can push us towards God. We need one another. And this is a lovely message, isn't it? We're created for community, it's where we find belonging, where loneliness subsides, we can grow, we find protection. But you know what, this will only ever be a lovely message unless we unleash the true meaning of these words. So how do we do that? We're gonna get a bit practical. We apply them, we live it, we make it happen. So church and in all our locations and online, I would like to ask you three questions. Are you ready? Three questions. The first one is this. Are you dating? You heard me right? And I'm not asking because I'm single. <laughs> no. Although. <laughs> okay. You know, maybe you're serially dating church. Maybe you go from one place to another, never staying long enough in one place. And that's okay for a little while if you're a new Christian, you're trying to find your fit or you're new in the area, that's absolutely fine. But at some point we need to commit to church. And it doesn't even have to be C3, although we would love to have you with us, you're so welcome. You know, if you don't stay long enough in one place, you will never build genuine relationships. It takes time, it's just the nature of it. So can you commit? And if that's you today, can I just encourage you to come and talk to us? We have next steps, as Pastor Angie mentioned, we have pastors here, just talk to people. 
Even better, why don't you sign up to our next discovery truck? We're running it in February, all locations, online to make it easy. And discovery truck is the place where you get to know us, our values, our vision, you can meet the team, you can ask questions, and we get to know you. If anything, discovery truck is gonna help you make an informed decision. But can we stop dating the church? Second question, are you in a long distance relationship? Maybe you're distant and on the margins, you come every now and then, every two, three weeks, maybe five weeks. Or maybe you are committed and you have been around for two, three years, but nobody really knows you. You don't really know the community. Can you imagine if you were in a romantic relationship and you had this long distance kind of relationship, only seeing each other every now and then? It kind of works for a little while, right? But in the long term, you're not gonna build a strong relationship not even a strong marriage on that. So can I remind us that we are the bride of Christ? We are created in community, in relationships. So can we stop long date the church and tie the knot? <laughs> Get rooted. And I genuinely believe that we were gonna be a better church if you're a part of it. We need you as well. And third question, are you in a closed family? Now, in the natural sense, a family is a group of people who are related or have a common ancestor, right? And some families are really happy about that. They love their family units, so much so that they can't be touched. Now, some of you know already that I don't have family in the UK. Um, they're all in different countries. And if I'm really honest, sometimes I'm homesick, more now than I used to be for some reason. And can I tell you a secret? Sometimes, I feel lonely. And I know I have this amazing church community. I have a fantastic C3 group. And I also have this family here in Cambridge who have included me in their family life. They invite me for their birthday celebrations, casual lunch, dinner. They even invited me to a family holiday last year. So I can safely say that I feel really comfortable around them. And then we had Christmas 2022. For the first time, I don't get to go home and celebrate Christmas with my family, so I'm sad. And this family steps up and said, Rosemary, come and join us, spend Christmas with us. And I'm like, great, that's lovely, isn't it? But then I realized that Christmas is a big deal for them. They have their own family traditions as well. And I start feeling a bit awkward. And I think, what if I'm actually invading their space? And I don't really judge them for that. It's a family time, it's precious. And I kind of understand some families just want to be, you know, with themselves. And I know it's silly to say it now, but I actually consider not going. But then after a while, I'm like, okay, let's stop having this self-pity, move on and just go. So I go. And one thing I didn't know is that this family has this tradition where every single family member has a, their own coaster. They're all the same design, but they all have their initials on them. And they only use them once a year for Christmas. So at lunch, sorry, dinner time, or oh, it was lunch, can't remember. At dinner time, the seating arrangement is really obvious. I get to sit where there's no coaster, right? But on my plate, there's a little present. I unwrap it, and guess what I find? A coaster with my initial on it. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, this family went the extra mile to make me feel included. And how do you think I felt? 
Loved, included, appreciated, wanted? You bet. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling this particularly to some of us who we are part of the family. We say, yeah, we are C3 family member. And you're probably part of a C3 group. You're probably part on team. You're fully in. You probably give financially. You tithe. You're generous. You're part of what we do as a church. But maybe we got a little bit too comfortable. Maybe we're just comfortable. And I don't really blame you. I've been there too. When we find a community of people we like, we feel nice and warm and cozy. And don't get me wrong, I want you to feel those things. But the danger is that we can become inward-looking. We can become exclusive. We can even become clicky. And kind of remind us that we're not just any community. We're the church. We're the church of Jesus. And because we're disciples, we also remember that we're missional. We are sent people. And you know, it's in community, and it's only in community that we can really fulfill Jesus' greatest commandment of loving God and loving our neighbor. So here's my challenge. Can we get a bit uncomfortable? Why not take a risk and welcome people you don't fully know yet and invite them into your world? And friends, it's because I've experienced this that I'm so passionate about other people to experience the same thing. Because to be loved and in community is to be needed. And it's probably the reason I lead a C3 group. You know, I've welcomed people at my doorstep, people I've never met before or seen before, and today I call them my friends. That's community. So, dear C3, can we please stop dating the church and commit? Let's get out of that long-distance relationship and crack our family wide open to welcome other people. And you know what? If you're sitting here today and you're like, oh, I've never experienced that kind of community. Can I just encourage you, don't go without talking to us. Go to Next Steps, talk to one of our pastors. We would love to get to know you. And if you're online, don't just disappear after the service. Get connected. Join one of the Facebook groups. Maybe talk to Phil, who's our online pastor. This is a thriving community online. And church family, why don't we go to Next Steps? You know it's not just for new people. It's where you can meet new people. People are new to you and you can, you know, say hello. And just to finish, you know, God created us to be in community, to be in a perfect community with him. But sin disrupted that. Sin will always aim to bring division and disunity, and it breaks our oneness as a church and our oneness with God. But good news, Jesus. Jesus came on earth. He walked here as a man. He lived a perfect life. And he died on the cross so that you and I could have forgiveness of sins and have life. And it's because of Jesus that our relationship with God is restored. And not only that, we can restore our relationship with one another. And it's so important because we were created for community. We need one another. So church, let's not underestimate the power of community. We were created for it. We flourish when we're in community. We're better and we're stronger together. So why not stand up if you're able? Let's worship God as one community. And let's worship the God who created us out of love and for community.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.